0: We have
1: Mahagadam, Mahagadam with a great mace. The great mace. With the great mace. Kanjana, Kanjana. Golden. golden. Chitra, Chitra beautiful. beautiful. Dangsham, armor.
0: Arme.
1: Marmani, Armani. the core of the heart. heart. Abhikshnam constantly. constantly. Patudantam Piercing. piercing.
0: piercing. Duroktai, by, by
1: abusive words. Pachanda, Pachanda.
0: Pachanda. terrible.
1: terrible. Manu, anger. anger. Prahasan, Prahasan. laughing. Tum to him. Yeah. Babhashi, he said. He said. With a capital H. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> translation The demon, who had a wealth of ornaments, bangles, and beautiful golden armor on his body, chased the Lord from behind with a great mace. The Lord tolerated his piercing, ill words, but in order to reply to him, he expressed his terrible anger. Repeat that. The demon, who had a wealth of ornaments, bangles, and beautiful golden armor on his body, chased the Lord from behind with a great mace. The Lord tolerated his piercing ill words. The Lord tolerated his piercing ill words, but in order to reply to him. He expressed his terrible anger. He expressed, his
0: terrible anger.
1: He expressed his terrible anger. There's one word in the, you know, transliterations that we read, their person laughing doesn't show up in the translation. Anyone want to say what that laughing, how that could be part of the scene? Who's laughing at who and why? <laughs> Krishna Krishna. Krishna but it's talking about he's expressing his terrible anger. Is he laughing and expressing anger and angry? Could be. Yeah.
0: So that's yeah you know. Make somebody mad the
1: laugh. Laughing at the whole.
0: Laughing <way. laughs> at well, somebody with their
1: mouth. Work out! I don't. I don't think of Krishna is doing it that way, but doing yeah, it that's why I like a weapon. There's no demon. Anyway, purport by the divine grace, Shiva Prabhupada. The Lord could have chastised the demon immediately while the demon was deriding the Lord with ill words. But the Lord tolerated him to please the demigods and to show that he should not be afraid of demons while this and to show that they should not be afraid of demons while discharging their duties. Therefore, his toleration was displayed mainly to drive away the fears of the demigods who should know that the Lord is always present to protect them. The demons derision of the Lord was just like the barking of dogs. The Lord did not care about it since he was doing his own work in delivering the earth from the midst of the water. Materialistic demons always possessed large amounts of gold in various shapes. And they think that a large amount of gold, physical strength, and popularity can save them from the wrath of the Supreme Personality of Godhead. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the demon, who had a wealth of ornaments, bangles, and a beautiful golden armor on his body, chased the Lord from behind with a great mace. The Lord tolerated his piercing ill words, but in order to reply to him, he expressed his terrible anger. I was thinking that this would probably be a good good verse for about anyone to get up here and speak. And <laughs> even I mean some of our new new people maybe Mother Sandana was same, we should get some of the new people worked into the program in the morning for a singing. Dulce Puja Kirtan. You know, because it's short and it's easy and it's super sweet. <laughs> But also, giving Bhagavatam classes, you know, it's uh, something that's really enlivening feel like doing it, which I'm kind of on the borderline. <laughs> but it makes you, Srila Prabhupada said, giving Bhagavatam class is like, what do you say? Studying for a hundred hours or something like that. It's the same, giving one Bhagavatam class, you could study for, Many, many hours of Bible time, but just to have to do one class is is equivalent to those, you know, that that amount of effort that you might put into studying the scriptures. It focuses your mind to think, oh, well, I'm going to have to say something, and I'm going to have to say it right. (laughs) So let me make sure, you know, so you really start to look closely at things that you were reading and studying and hearing about don't just have them kind of in your, in your head somewhere, but you look real closely at them so you can say, so that's all kind of a, it's a process, which is mercy on any of us that get to do this kind of service. And it's really powerful. as really Prabhupada pointed out. Two uh, sort of points that I was thinking of was that of course this, you know, Subject of a person being so proud of what they have materially that they lose their discrimination somehow or another, you know. (laughs) So proud of his strength and his golden armor and da 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 da. So he thought he could chase the Lord and he had a big mace, of course, he thought he was. You know, you could do great things with this mace. And uh, so what I was just thinking about, how we become deluded by, you know, any little thing that we can become proud of of ourselves. I can look at myself and see how this got me when I was younger. You know, maybe I thought I was this or that. And I started to, you know, Meditate, oh, how can I let other people also know how, how great I am in this certain way? <laughs> and, uh, you know, you make little plans, and you kind of form your life sometimes around showing off in whatever way, whatever little way you can. I was remembering how, you know, we have so many people come to this temple, and they have so many little things. But <laughs> And we can see it as a devotee, we can see the modes of nature. We kind of become trained to see, you know, what, what people are doing. Of course, you have laid out for us, everybody's psychology anyway. So, but there was a, a young woman who was coming for a long time when I was here. It was probably seven or eight years ago. She was really tall. She could have been 6'5". Could have been tall as a two of you there. But she, she was really thin and she had this really erect posture you know, beautiful, erect posture, and she always came in a tank top, you know, and she was in some sort of yogini, a happy yogini or
0: something, and she always just walked around so proud.
1: She loved to walk in our Sunday program, you know, be standing above everyone, you know, and, uh, somehow or another, it came to me to do a Sunday feast talking, and she was on the back row, and it was... The talk was about how to really become attractive. I remember I did a really bad job, <laughs> how to, and, you know, and I was going to say how, you know, you can become really attractive if you become a devotee, you know. You Not know, a probably but it, you know, people remarked in the early days how beautiful these young people are, they have such pure, clean faces in there, they're just. You know, if people didn't know anything, or if they wanted to criticize even the devotees, they had to admit why these people are just, they're happy and they just look beautiful, you know. So um, I was gonna try to, you know, put that over on the audience there. (laughs) And I remember looking at this lady in the back and she was there. And then, so I said my piece and I said, you know, we should not be proud. (laughs) We, We should not be proud if we have something, you know, a little extraordinary, you know, it's really not anything. How long are you going to keep it? She probably told us so many many times, you know. Uh How long are you going to keep that? You you may not keep it another five minutes, you know, it may die. Anyway, Mm -hmm. I said that we never saw her again. I I never saw her again. (laughs) (laughs) I'm sure it was something else, you know. She probably got uh, an invitation to be the head of the Yoga Society for American left town, but, um, yeah, you know, we can see how ridiculous it is and how, you know, we're being deluded, we're being made fools by the the, the lower modes of nature, ignorance and passion. And you know, it may play out over a long period of time, you may have to strut around for a long time with your little, whatever it is, you know, your <laughs> money, your knowledge, or you know, your beautiful body parts, or your, what else, you know, PhD, Prabhupada likes to, you know, hammer on these puffed-up PhDs, you know, they get to pontificate to society who they want to adore and worship someone, but they don't want it to be Krishna or Vishnu. They want it to be some other man's, uh, this is a statement in the Bhagavad Gita about that. Persons who never uh, speak about the glorious activities of the Supreme Personality of Godhead and praise other men as um, what is that verse? Says I can't even remember the punchline now. Hmm. Right, anyway. It's talked about in the Bible Um So, of Kata,
0: some stuff
1: Yeah. To you. That's and it. And the old people. Nama They don't at any time praise the like name. Hogs,
0: dogs, camels, and asses. Yeah, that's,
1: that's the verse, the famous verse. Those people are like hogs, dogs, camels, and asses who never you know, speak about the glorious activities of the Supreme Lord. And they tend to praise other, you know, another man as, as being great, raise him up as, as, as a characteristic. Such people are like dogs, hogs, camels, and asses. <laughs> um, so we can see the whole society of that going on. So many people get together at rallies some materialistic person who has some plans for since gratification for a big group of people. He's becoming very popular and he has a lot of money behind him. And he imagines that he has a lot of military strength, all of our leaders in the West, you think, you know, Americans. Remember a few years ago when they were threatening Iraq and they thought of all these names? It was really embarrassing, I thought. But oh, we're going to have a an operation and called had different names for the military operations that they were going to do in the Middle East. One of them was all in reverence. You know, we, we hear that language in the in the scriptures, all. In. So that was going to be uh, what America was going to show to Saddam Hussein's Iraq was all in reverence. You know, for oh, America's finally. You know, now we we see. You know, so we bow down to America there. Our, our top people don't do that. So um, anyway, the modes of nature, yeah, we we become so deluded by passion and ignorance that we want to show things, and and then we become, you know, making plans, and we lose all of our time in this world to elevate ourselves, whereas we could try to purify ourselves by a process such as Sri Ramaphat has given us, for instance, we can try to purify ourselves and actually become people of discrimination who can see what is what. Again, the mode of goodness. This is characteristic of the mode of goodness that a person becomes enlightened with knowledge, and they can understand things as they are. They can discriminate who is a who is a uh, person who's actually in harmony with things, you know, on a bigger scale not who's just in harmony with their own little little world, their own little proud, puffed up world, and trying to pull other people to harmonize with that little thing, you know, tiny thing. And such a person is trying to control the material energy, which is not controllable by anyone, even though you have some little thing to be proud of. Does that mean you can control all material energy? No, no, no one can do that except for creation. So, Person with a little bit of intelligence and a little bit of good fortune can try to purify, purify themselves of the lowermost of nature and become a person who can understand things as they are. The other thing in this verse that I was thinking was that the demigods. You can just see that they're kind of in the background. They're 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 seeing that uh, they're getting the, My impression was that they. They are looking for subtle body language in the Supreme Personality of God, and he says that he tolerates this nonsense from the demon in order to encourage the, how does it say it, to, uh, just to, well, I guess it's in the purport, the Prophet says he does, he's doing all this to please the demigods and to show that they should not be afraid of demons while discharging their duties. So, you know, Krishna in any situation, because he's the supreme, most powerful person, he doesn't have to worry about anything. And he, if a person understands that, then he may look, while he's looking at Krishna or God in one of his forms, he may, he will look for the subtle body language that he's not worried. He doesn't have anything to worry about. (laughs) So, this is very encouraging, and so, you know, if just the opposite, well, what's the alternative to that? That, that he becomes really upset by the demon and wants to, you know, wants to correct him and fight him immediately, you know? No, that's not, you know. <laughs> so, we can see even materially in the material world, someone who really has something you know, powerful, and um, they're not so inclined to want to display it immediately to everyone at every opportunity. It's not necessary. So that's that's a really beautiful part of this purport that the true Popeye is uh, discussing here. The demon's derision of the Lord was just like the barking of dogs. He did not care about it. But it also says the Lord, in the verse, you know, he he expressed his terrible anger, which I guess that will come out in subsequent verses, how how he expresses anger. But I thought that was a little reassuring, too, that even though, you know, we're trying to be pure and tolerant religious people and we may, you know, be confronted with situations around the temple, know, from people from outside or whatever it is. And we may feel a little angry, and we, we try not to show that. We know we shouldn't, you know, but... Um, so I thought it was a little encouraging that we can feel, feel angry and even express our anger in certain ways. But it's a different thing, and, and uh, if we become purified and we can do these things properly... It makes a big impression on people, you know, the subtle, the subtle body language of, you know, especially in interaction where it's kind of unexpected, spur of the moment, some situation comes up where you feel angry and you, you can at that time purify yourself and, and react properly. You have to have done the work in the background. You have to have chanted Hare Krishna or the names of God somehow. For years you have to be determined and purify yourself. Take Krishna Prosa. You know, do all the things, as many things as we can. We have an opportunity here in the temple to purify ourselves. And and then later on when those situations come up, we'll we'll deal with them properly, we won't. And we have it and, and other people can see because people are watching just like the demigods are watching. They understand who who the Supreme Person is and they recognize the symptoms when when he's not you know, anxious to stomp on this demon, even though he could right away. He doesn't. And we may know something when we are in situations with other people and we might want to stomp on their attitude or their belief. You know, I was kind of impressed with uh, who is it? Radahari, howdy. Rada, howdy Who's standing here? He was out there after the Sunday Feast, and this gentleman who comes and has these philosophies. And he always wants to talk, and he wears a he around his head with a jewel, and, and he was going on and on with uh, Radhahari out there under the eucalyptus tree, and Radhahari was just... He wasn't even looking at him, but he was, you know, sitting there shaking his head like that. And I just watched him for a while, and went on. But Radhahari, you, you know is strong in his beliefs. and. One thing I love about Radhahari is when he became, started understanding becoming a devotee in South India, he was more or less a ritualistic Hindu person, you know, in a family like that. They didn't, you know, he did all the, the rituals and whatnot, but they didn't, there was no real, you know, focus on God, the Supreme Person. And somehow or another, Radhahari got, the... Uh, I don't know. I have to find out more his story. I should know, but he, he's become really, really convinced, and, and you know, he has his attachments. We all have attachments. He has his life. And, you know, he gets something absorbed, and he gets disappointed and what, whatever. But still, he has a really strong faith in Srila Prabhupada and, and uh, you know, Christian. So, he always comes back to that. And when anybody talks, starts talking foolish nonsense or, you know, kind of sketchy kind of things to us, he listens very nicely, but he tells them, no, you know. (laughs) Yeah, anyway, he has a really nice way of doing it. And I thought it's kind of instructive because we, we, we can't stomp on people, you know. They have so many foolish, silly ideas, and they just love to talk. We can't wait to get somebody in a chair and talk to them, you know, Some innocent person usually and just uh, spin them up and all their stuff, you know, and see how long they can keep it going. And now I've got a disciple. Yeah, he's listening to me. And it's, uh, you know, so if if we hear we're around somebody, we may want to kind of uh, put that down and become angry. But it's better to be, I don't know is another subject. I don't know why I should be off on this. As Bhaktis and unsatisfactory talker said, no, we have to straighten things out, you know. He was really strong that way. Of course, I'm not Bhakti and unsatisfactory talker. And uh, so try to be tolerant with people and try to encourage them along the lines of uh, devotional service somehow or another, even if it's just, why don't you go in and have some food, pal? You know, I don't really talk about these things with people. Go and have some Prasadam, <laughs> you'll become purified. Don't say that, but so anyway. Um, anybody have any comments that are right on their head? Not to... There's a nice uh, story probably <clears throat> went with uh, some of his disciples to see Lalit Prashant, who was the um, brother of Baktisiddur, right. and at the time he was like 98 or something. Right, I've seen pictures of that. <laughs> You're yeah, like... yeah
0: was there at the birthplace um, childhood place of Bakunir you know, from his father. And but it was very dilapidated and nothing was really kept up. And so Prabhupada went and said, you know, we can help you in you know, restore the temple. We like to bring this temple up to the real standard that it should be. It's such a glorious place and we'll help you. And and Mali he was green and so they left and then they came back to to um, get the deal going. Know, finalize it, but since they were gone, some of the disciples of Holy said, no, we shouldn't do it, and that's like that. So then they said, no, we're not interested in mm-hmm. And Prabhupada became angry. Mm-hmm. And, you know, because here's his, yeah. you know, the Guru and, you know, they're not taking care of, it's like totally neglected and falling art, and so Prabhupada said in a very loud voice, he said, isn't it amazing, or something like that, isn't it wonderful that here's Bhakti No house and, and it's not being taken care of. in any rate. isn't it wonderful? And then he, you know, repeated it like five times and then walked out. Mm-hmm. And then he turned to Jai Bataks and he said, it wasn't offensive because like, asked, I said it in a form of a question. Mm-hmm. So he wasn't like condemning, but at the same time he was, but he did it in a, yeah. in a, thing, away. Like, a subtle way. You know, they were just stunned, they didn't know what to say It it's a fact it that was all falling apart. Wow. And John Takswani said that it's even worse today no, of course, because they just they
1: couldn't do anything, they didn't have the means, they didn't have the vision. And it's in the same situation. So Prabhupada was utilizing, you know, was angry, mm-hmm. but he did it in a Christian conscious way. So yeah. I I yeah, thanks. That's a good example. Just see how you know even big devotees chanting 64 rounds a day. I assume that's what these people are doing. You know, how many hours a day is that? Eight hours at least. Of chanting Hare Krishna mantra, and what are they getting? Still, the yeah, they're so puffed up that they they can't. Well, if we let them do it, they'll get all the credit. You know, they'll
0: you know. So no, we're not going to give them our temples. We'll just hang on to it. Thank you very much. Yes, no, no. I should say, it's amazing to see how much we can get done if no one's interested.
1: <laughs> yeah. Why well, should Prabhupada says it. So I'm glad we're we're gonna see some of these memories tapes on Sunday. Because it's so good to study Sud Prabhupada's life. Every detail, just like Mother's only saying. Every detail you can look at it and discuss, you know. Oh Prabhupada did this in this situation. What do you think? You know, you could probably talk for a month, you know. And uh so, uh, I kind of miss that personally just to hear, hear these old stories. It's not enough to study the books, really. You have to study the life of the pure devotee, too, along with it, you know, and see how, how the scriptures are there in somebody's life. You know. That's what we got. Thank goodness for Shiva Prabhupada coming when he did it. was so that? Something else? On.
2: I was thinking. Uh, I was just reflecting on the fact that um, you know, so many uh, people, like externally, people can appear to be a certain way, or you know, um, or you know, we could judge them externally. But there's always a reason. I always feel like there's always a reason why they are the way that they are, <laughs> and there's a there's always something behind that. And yeah. so I think. If we could understand them, if we can understand why, like, we can have a relationship with, and understand why they're doing what they're doing, it can help, uh, our change our response to them. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And I was thinking, like, what do you think He could, He could, he's, he's angry. He's, you know, he has all of this emotion, but if we don't understand, Śrīla, we don't understand Prabhupada as a person, how can we understand? His, his reaction to something like that. You know, it's like um and just like with anybody like on the streets or if we can't um, like if we could see it just like oh they're doing drugs, they're you know acting in all of these, you know, all of these destructive ways to society, to themselves. But if we don't if we don't understand them as a, a person, we don't understand why something's happening, um we can just judge them like oh they're falling, they're, you know, this and that, but we have to, I think, as a devotee, I'm realizing more and more, it's more about, it's, you know, stepping outside of ourselves and looking at the other person, like, really having, like, like, compassion for them, and really, you know, you know, really trying to put our, trying to, uh, you know, uh, try to see ourselves to what how they're what they're, what they're experiencing like how are they experiencing life you know like and to really look deeper because it's more than I always think it's much more than just the surface you know like we can see things on the surface but there's probably a world of different things that they're going through that you know sometimes we don't we're not so aware of and we could just you know I just I just think
1: Uh, Preaching is an art, and it's developed over a long period of time, especially when we're newer and we um, have less experience dealing with people in terms of the scripture. We can get kind of overpowered by their, you know, by them and let them even take over and miss opportunities to, you know, help them to learn something different from what they know and what they, you know, something that would help them. So it is another reason why we should be, try to purify ourselves in every way we can. Like uh, Kundak Prabhu, he's here, you know, he knows, he knows why he's here. He wants to come to Mangalarthi, he wants to chant Hare Krishna. He wants to, uh, you know, do all the things that, these are accepted practices by devotees for becoming purified. And we're not going to do anything in this world or anything good for anyone else until we become purified, spiritually. That's the basic thing. That's what people don't see. That's what we don't see. You know, in in general. So yeah, dealing with people is, uh, you know, it's an art. And it's a fine line. Sometimes we don't want to let them take over. We want to become too much holding people's hands, you know, because you know, I mean, there's no end of that you can do. It, but it's good to, to empathize with people. And Srila Prabhupada, when he got angry, he, he still had that love there. People recognized it. You know, he's not just trying to stomp me. He's, he's actually loved me, and he's, doing, he's saying what he's saying for my benefit. So, you know, if we can preach to that, then, then everything's good. So thank you. Anybody else? <laughs> I mean, mm-hmm. Uh, I remember long time we listened to that song. He say um, regarding like uh, being proud of your accomplishments or whatever. Mm-hmm. That you should just should
0: avoid using them uh, because the false ego is so thorough that it will be proud regardless. Yeah. So if you don't do it, then you say, well, you know, he's doing and Instagram showing off. I'm just it's detached and humble. I'm just sleeping. <laughs> Whatever it is that even if <laughs> it's something you rated to be proud of it, you know. So yeah. or like oh like if somebody like voting falls down or something like, well at least I'm honest. Whatever it mm-hmm. is, give to
1: be proud of will whether you have reason to be or not. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Anybody else? I'm not going to
0: Not as much as everyone. you on the map.